following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. The Nostalgia Funhouse proudly dedicates all episodes in the loving memory of Connie Chirac. So, Johnny, I've, I've been hearing really great things about this Nostalgia Funhouse. It just brings back so many great memories. Andrew, uh, another reason I'm even in line with you here is that you really vouched for this show. So, I'm just going to believe you that this is the show that you know I've been wanting, which is just talking about all the fun stuff from our yesteryear and the years before uh, and I really hate anything meta so I'm glad that what we're doing right now is not that oh no definitely what is meta is, isn't that Ron Artessa's new name <laughs> well add world of peace to it sure <laughs> yeah but this is this is great they like last year they were like tearing play sets and Halloween costumes and well they, that sounds cool they get like this weird court recordings from like pop culture courts does anybody care about court cases these ones are kind of cool. They put mm. Scott Kelvin on trial for Santa Claus there. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, you're. That sounds interesting. Yeah, man. You know what's the best part about this is though? Is I hear they always got a really great sponsor. You can check it out right there. Ultra Magnus. The courageous Ultra Magnus is a born leader. We meet at last, Galvatron, and it will be the last time we meet. And Galvatron is Ultra Magnus's sworn enemy. Transformers. Galvatron transforms from laser cannon to fighting robot and Ultra Magnus from huge car carrier to Autobot commander Transformers more than meets the eye The Transformers each sold separately from Hasbro So Johnny we are doing a movie review that I think touches any person's heart that i would say was born early 80s uh i would say late 70s early 80s that grew up in the wonderful world of hey we have a toy line now look at this cartoon that we came out for you so we can sell you more toys and it's transformers the movie from 1986 hold on tight the most incredible rock and roll adventure ever is here. Feed him to the shark guns. Starring Judd Nelson as Hot Rod. Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. And Orson Welles. I am the Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Transformers, the movie. Coming to a theater near you this August. Yeah, I 
Uh, just want to quote the great philosopher Stan Bush when he said, uh, you've got the touch, you've got the power. After all is said and done, you never walk, you never run, you're a winner. You're a winner. <laughs> you got the moves, man. I I think this is the one of the greatest soundtracks ever. Also, in a movie, I know we don't really talk about soundtracks. Yeah, I, I real quick before we even get into that, unless this is related to it, I had recently, with as in in like the past year, uh, rewatched some of the original cartoon, the G one cartoon, because it was on was it on Tubi? It was on one yeah, of those free still, ones. It's still on Tubi, as far as I, I think it's where I wa- I think it's where I was watching it, and I had forgotten that even in that cartoon, uh, music just constantly plays. Mm-hmm. It, there's never not music playing during that show and i don't know why that never stood out to me before as a kid but like just watching it now as an adult i was like man they just uh uh they just constantly just play this music in the background now that i think about it even if you watch like tmnt like the old tmnt's here's yeah. anything from like the 80s when the action starts they're like we need music in the background well even uh tra- the even during the non-action parts during that cartoon like there's still music playing in transformers because like, it was a big deal it was great. It's just yeah. Transformers. I watched all before the wonderful world of streaming. There was a channel called The Hub. Oh, yes. Yes. They played G.I. Joe and Transformers. So being the dork that I am, or I'm more or less geek, I re- made sure I DVR'd every single episode. So when I came home from work, I would watch G1 Transformers. Yeah. Just because I wanted to see every single episode go through well i think just to establish how important this g1 transformers is to both of us uh, i'll say i just want to give this quick memory one of my favorite and earliest memories of a christmas was the christmas in which i was over at uh, we would always have family get-togethers on christmas eve at my grandparents house and my aunt got me the optimus prime with a trailer transformer and that has stood out in my mind ever since I played with that Optimus Prime until he literally broke because I played with him so much. Uh, and I would always do the, <laughs> you know, I got to do the transformer noise when I'm transforming them. And God, I love that toy. That's how much this show meant to me. I was a giant Optimus Prime nerd, especially. I mean, I liked a lot of them. I like Starscream too from the bad guys. I like, uh, but Optimus Prime was by far my favorite. And when we get into this movie, it's obviously well known for one major thing that happens in the first half hour of it. Uh, that just kind of changes the trajectory of a young Johnny when he saw it as a kid. <laughs> it hurts a lot of kids. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to like go curl up and like have a good cry as yeah, <laughs> yeah. we need to talk about this. <laughs> but yeah, we are talking about like I said, Transformers movie from 1986, the animated absolute classic even though it didn't seem like it did that well at the box office and it Uh, it also does that thing of whenever they still do that today when an uh, animated show that's on tv gets a movie they actually step up the animation a little bit like they have a little bit more details and stuff and i definitely noticed that uh, re-watching this movie uh you know today i actually watched it right before we recorded it's like oh man yeah this is even more detailed than the cartoon normally is i was gonna ask you about that considering you're you're an artist if you could see the difference between oh yeah between the two uh were you disappointed that this did not really happen in 2005 
Yes. It takes what, 2005. I remember rewinding that part. I was like, oh, this is 2005. <laughs> oh man, they had like the sweet uh, uh, da- uh, what's the kid's name? Spike's son. What's his name? Daniel. Uh, Daniel or Danny, something like that. Like he had that really cool skateboard at the beginning that was pretty much like Morning McFly's from Back to the Future in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> that he immediately crashes, by the way. I was like, this, <laughs> I just remember hearing about this. And I thought about it, and you you see this stuff like Back to the Future and anything that takes place in the future, like when you watch in the eighties, and you're like, "Wow, yeah, it's gonna be awesome." We were way off. And then you get to an adult, you're like, "Nope, didn't quite happen there." The closest we ever got is like Star Trek when it comes to technology. You know, Star Trek was kind of, uh, you know, they kind of like sort of predicted cell phones and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, you know, we don't have flying cars, obviously. We don't have skateboards without wheels. Uh, We're still, I think that's what the future I've noticed. In the 80s, when we thought something was the future, we just took out the wheels. Yeah. (laughs) And they just hover or fly instead. We don't need those right now. (laughs) We don't, we don't, where we're going, we don't need wheels. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But yeah, uh, that's the one of my. I have a whole list of notes here, and that was the first thing. Was year was two thousand and five that I've written down. <laughs> and I don't remember from the cartoon. Was there an Autobot city in the cartoon, or is that just for the movie? That started in the movie because then the auto. Uh, so this takes place between seasons two and season three. Yeah, uh, of so the show. Yeah. Once season three hit, that's where they got into the cities changing. Okay. So yeah. You don't yeah. see it, but this is when Metroplex was going to become a thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then what is it? Tripticon for the Decepticons, the yeah city that transforms into like a T Rex. Yeah. And then, yeah. which so just that, sounds freaking cool, don't it? <laughs> it just yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> all this movie was is to sum it up was like Hasbro was like, hey, Transformers is rocking and rolling. Let's we want to make more money off toys. Yeah. So we got uh, Takara has more transformers who this is yeah. what they're based on uh so let's just erase the old line and show everybody the new toys yeah so basically what this i mean i think everybody knows now and there's a great episode on toys that made us about transformers that i highly well I actually just recommend the whole show because it shows awesome yeah. but uh there's a, the episode on transformers really goes a long way of telling you hey this was really made to sell uh sell toys is what this is for that's all it was. so uh it's all it is and that's where a lot of our favorite things you know my absolute favorite things ninja turtles and even though it started out as a comic book and toys weren't really on the radar uh, when the cartoon came around guess what they were making stuff oh. to sell those toys because that's where the real money was at and uh, you know transformers i mean just think about it if you're a kid let alone now uh, uh you mean you're you're mixing two things that uh, that I love, right? Robots and cars and vehicles, right? Uh, that just sounds so cool. And I, uh, my grandpa, uh, my namesake, who I really looked up to and spent a lot of time with, he was a truck driver. And my dad, for a long time, was actually a, a big rig mechanic. It's what he did for a long time. So I kind of grew up around big rigs and got to ride in them and all that stuff when i was a kid it was so cool like how high above everybody else you were when you're riding that big truck so i already liked big trucks right i was already that's and then you got this one that turns into a robot and he's a cool leader and his voice is just so incredibly awesome uh so optimus prime is i'd say my absolute favorite character as a kid growing up was Raphael from ninja turtles and right underneath him was optimus prime for me optimus prime was amazing 
because he was the he was the different type of leader and it, that was another thing you learn about in the toys that made us is how peter call you know was like this is how i'm going to present optimus prime yeah and he, he always felt like he showed empathy way more than you would think in a cartoon uh which is pretty incredible but this but yeah this movie was basically the toy company saying we want to sell more toys we've already sold those other toys so let's just i don't care how iconic these characters are let's just take them out so this movie literally wipes out so many characters the body mean you're talking about this the body count in this movie uh for kids by the way this movie uh, is astronomical there's even top 10 list of deaths from this movie <laughs> that's how many are in here and they're not like like you watch star wars like any of the star wars like shows on disney plus and you see people die yeah and you're like oh man they're dead this one they're like nope you're gonna know they're dead yeah and you're gonna have to deal with it because we're not we're not gonna deal with it and they just like within the first 10 minutes they're killing characters oh, that you know <laughs> yeah because all it is it's it, not the first scene unicron comes in yeah. completely eats that whole planet powers himself up and then flies off and you're like okay so this is yeah unicron, this is a giant one then they gotta go you know uh get some stuff autobot autobot city on earth get more resources before they can take it, this is pretty much autobots trying to take back over cybertron yes yes so they go there and you're like okay here we go Ironhide, yeah and then next you know megatron is because he spied on him and he's like we're just gonna we're just gonna go beat the crap out of this ship so you're like whatever yeah. Autobots always prevail. Nothing bad's gonna happen. No. And the name of that song that plays during that scene is called Instruments of Destruction. I know you probably <laughs> hear it in the chorus, but that's what it was. And he destroys everybody. Braun, uh, when he shoots Prowl, the way that he goes black and then the smoke comes out yeah. of his mouth, you are like, What is going on? Then Ratchet gets taken down, and then I think one of the most there's a lot of things that stay with you, especially with me, like Ironhide and Megatron's course. It's a movie. Evil Genius re reveal yeah. its plan. But Ironhide's like, no. And he just like points his and gun down. Yeah. And, and tries to grab Megatron. Yeah. But uh, Megatron just points his gun down. His big, huge gun. and just blows him away. <laughs> but the line where he's like, when Megatron looks at him and goes, such heroic nonsense. And then yes. the way you're like, what is going on? Like, we shouldn't do anything. Like, don't do, don't do anything crazy. Here's Ironhide trying to do it. And if you think about it, though. Because I really wanted to talk about the the cast in this. The voice cast in this movie is astronomical in the big names they got. And not only big names, these are all people with iconic voices, all yeah. of them. Uh, and it's pretty incredible. And I'm sure we'll get into it more. But one thing I really noticed watching this is at the beginning of the movie, when they're kind of given the credits of who's in it, they don't really mention any of the original cast. So that's sort of a hit here what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I was like, wait a minute here. I don't remember ever noticing that before until being an old man like I am now. It's like, oh, they're actually kind of foreshadowing here that, uh, by the way, uh, we're going to literally blow away some people from some robots from each other. <laughs> and, and the thing to re and the other thing, too, is, is that I think the Autobots got it worse than the Decepticon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because at least Optimus Prime just dies. There's the epic fight between Megatron and Optimus Prime. 
Hot That's rock. done really well, by the way. It's animated really cool. Uh, I'll, honestly, a lot of the fights in this are really cool to watch. Uh, and when this movie gets going, it just doesn't stop. It's uh, under an hour and a half, thankfully, which is I wish more movies That's would ours. learn from. That's, That's our thing. For. Yeah. Uh, so you can watch it without having to go to the bathroom during the middle of it. It's really great. Uh, but it's uh, it, before we get to the actual well, during that fight, the uh, the Decepticons are going to Earth to Autobot City. And uh, uh, there's this one scene, I noticed this, there's this one scene where uh, they're trying to get into the building because Autobots have sealed themselves into the actual city, and they're trying to get into it, Decepticons are. So he sends, Megatron sends these two um, these two Decepticons that are kind of biting into the thing, and they've torn a giant hole. And then that's when our two heroes, uh, you know, Hot Rod being the main one here, uh, makes that big, really sweet jump and jumps into the hole. But after what I noticed was after they did that, they just like there's like two doors behind that and just closed behind them. It's like, what was the point of all that? <laughs> that I think that whole that that first scene, like Autobot the City on Earth. And then the cool thing about that was we're talking about animation, is where Megatron shoots the screen. Like yes. he yeah. faces the screen like if it would have been a camera. And they show him blasting it, but that this is really sweet '80s animation. Honestly, yeah. it's very, it's very good. And the body count, like when they're pulling Wheeljack to the side yeah. and everything else, and then all of a sudden they're killing all them, and you're like, oh look, there's Ultra Magnus, Springer, yeah. and Blur, and you're like, oh, but you just killed off all my other, all my other favorite guys in the process. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm also a big Dinobots guy. Obviously, I love dinosaurs oh, yeah. and robots coming together. But I love that the first time you see them in this movie, they just get wiped out. Like they don't get killed, but they get beat down pretty good. <laughs> By, by Devastator, because that was yeah. like the turning point in this is uh, when Blaster radios uh, Optimus Prime, like, hey, yeah. we're getting we're, we're really taking a pounding. I have a problem with this movie, if you haven't noticed, but sight <laughs> <laughs> line and you're like, it's kind of like one of those all hope is lost type things because Devastator's coming. And if you watch Transformers, you know, once those construction cons become Devastator, it's pretty much done. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's over with. And he rips through what I guess is the door. That always kind of confused me because I always thought they were already inside of the city. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you not? Uh, but, There's a lot of little things like that in this. Yeah. But all of a sudden you see the ship and that's when he sends down the Dinobots and be Grimlock yeah. love a challenge. And this is probably the most iconic part in this whole entire movie is when it's a still frame. He's Optimus Prime's walking off the ship, and all you hear is Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. And even right there, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, he probably probably should have known he was going to die. But then he yeah. just transforms, and he just destroys everything in it. Yeah, head. yeah, he goes out. He goes out pretty awesome here. Like you, there. Uh, <laughs> um, so the fight we already said is really good. They basically kind of him and Megatron kind of take each other out. Really, yeah, that's kind of what happens well, here. Hot Rod screws it all up. He, he does. He yeah. Has. And you could see a lot of like the great contrast between the two. Yeah. Like Megatron's like trying to, you know, like, like fool him. It, and it really reminded me of, uh, of really, I've, I know I do this a lot and I'm sorry, but I'm just comparing this to pro wrestling. It really reminded me of like Ric Flair when he's yeah. beat down and he's going to lose and he's like trying to beg and like, no, yeah. no, just have mercy. The same thing here is so perfectly done. And <laughs> they do the whole. And, and, and there's a low blow of coming as well as what's on the way. Yeah. Optimus Prime Steven says to him, 
thee who without mercy now beg of it and it's like yeah that touches me yeah there's some good dialogue in this it's it's really (laughs) if you don't know transformers and you just hear the dialogue it's kind of pompous i would think but it just works for me with this (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of good like one-liners and stuff like that and how and how it's actually written one of the best, uh, I can't say it because it cusses, but Spike says the S word in this. And I remember yeah. thinking, wow. And then I uh, did some research into this movie. And the reason that that's even in this movie, it's the only bad word in this whole thing, is because they wanted a PG movie. And that's the only way they could get it is with a cuss word. So they added that word. And the reason they wanted PG was because during the 80s, animated movies that were rated G didn't last very long in theaters. It just wasn't something that happened for a very long time. So they're like, well, we need to PG this thing. So that's why Spike just, and it's just a casual drop of the S word too. Like, it's not just a, it's not like a big moment. It's just like in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> that, the only one that's kind of like a swear word that you could kind of like hear it is also Alter Magnus when he's like, damn it, open. Oh, yeah, but I, I think I just so used to that not even really being a cuss yeah. word anymore. But yeah, and I think one of the songs says the word hell, which is, you know, that's how everyone take it. Uh, it's just really funny that they just, that S words just kind of dropped so casually, but it just stands out more because it's in Transformers, a cartoon I grew up watching as a kid. <laughs> it's the same thing as when Raphael says the D word uh, in the first oh. movie. Yeah, that's just such a big moment for me as a kid. It's like, whoa, Raphael is so cool now. <laughs> He said, he said, damn, <laughs> be bad out, be bad out injured. We don't want to hurt the kids here. Yeah. But uh, so they, they fight the two, uh, the two icons really Megatron and Optimus Prime fight and they pretty much take each other out. The Decepticons flee and we then get to one of the biggest moments for kids in the eighties. I would dare say I would put it up there. Yeah, I would, uh, and that's the deathbed scene of Optimus Prime. Yeah. It's probably one of the craziest deaths, I think. If Listen, I don't think anybody believed it was really going to happen, right? Like, it's just. Oh, well, how do you. You're not going to do that. That's weird. <laughs> that would be like. I'm trying to think. Like, if you're killing off Luke Skywalker and like Empire. Yeah. Within the first what, half hour of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're just not waiting until the end or in Return of the Jedi. You're like, oh, Luke's back up. Oh, guess what? He's dead 20 minutes in. Yeah. Got to find somebody new. <laughs> and I do remember when I first watched this as a kid, and obviously it made me really sad, but I remember being like, I'm not going to like the rest of this movie. They just took out my favorite character, which is something I'm like now, because the reason that I will forever curse the name of X-Men 3 is because they kill Cyclops within like the first 30 minutes of it, and he's my favorite X-Men. So, so like, this movie can go blow itself for like <laughs> Well, I think also because of what they got from Optimus Prime, when they did G.I. Joe the movie, they didn't kill Duke. He just, yeah, they were originally going to kill Duke. In, he went into a coma. Yeah. Uh, and the this movie's reception was so big. They were also working on a G.I. Joe movie at the same time, another an, uh, animated one for it. And they were going to kill off Duke, who's a main, if you don't know G.I. Joe's cartoon, he's one of the main guys. He's pretty much their Optimus Prime. And the reception for them killing Optimus was so huge that they're like, yeah, we, we, can't, we can't do that. So let's just put him in a coma. <laughs> this movie was so huge that the Goldbergs did a whole episode around us. Yes, <laughs> that's, yes. That's and Bret Hart hated everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he got mad about how Adam F. Goldberg wasn't safe with his toys. 
Yeah. It's like Phil Goldberg not safe with anybody in the ring. But also because Megatron's done and yeah. they're in and they're in Astro Train, which I, once again, Transformers magic, they can all automatically fit into Astro Train. Yep. But he's telling them to jet jettison some people. Yeah, if you think about if you think about that. The real size of these jets that these giant robots are in have to be astronomical, right? Yeah. Because these are things that are, because these, just the average transformer is like, good God, like compared to a human, it's like seven or eight humans tall easily, right? Yeah. A grown adult humans. So that's, man, I don't know why I never even thought about that before, because they're all, all the time flying their own ships and stuff. That These things have to be humongous. <laughs> because there's not just one or two of them in there either. It's like uh, the Decepticons, there's like what? Like the, all of like, them. 25 to 30 of them or something like that yeah because there's like at least so you figure even like Soundwave, he's got at least four or five cassettes in there so he yeah. would be the first like big time cassette changer there yeah and it's, uh the constructs account he's the first five disc changers uh sounds, it's and the, the construct the crazy thing too is the construction cons even transformed to into devastator inside of astro trade and devastator <laughs> yes. is like Super, super huge. That's true. He does. <laughs> I, so, for, how big is this ship? I don't know how does he make himself bigger, but he's smaller. <laughs> so, of course, with Megatron being uh, really, really hurt, he's not dead here, but he's he's not looking good. Still functions. He's Still tall. functions. He makes sure to point that out. But a lot of the Decepticons were hurt in battle, uh, but they need to quote unquote lighten the load, as we we're just talking about. So, what do they do? Hey, let's throw them out into deep space, including uh, Megatron. So you're kind of thinking, well, there goes Megatron. They're going to kill off Megatron here. Oh. Nope, that's not what happens at all. Probably one of the most mind-blowing things I've ever seen in a cartoon. When Megatron the... meets up with Unicron, also yeah. great, where he tells him nobody summons Megatron. And he goes, well, let me <laughs> well, I'm glued. something along the lines like, I'm glad I can... I'm the first. Yeah. Unicron says it to him. But the way that they... When he's making them into Galvatron, the sweeps and Cyclonus, that animation, a way that they strip everything away, and then all of a sudden you see the gears and everything yes. inside yeah. of them. And like now it's probably most kids today would be like, this is kind of cheesy. But for us, this was absolutely amazing. And then those, yeah, it was really cool. Those purple rings come around and it forms the new body of Galvatron. And you're like, yeah. wow, that's pretty awesome. And it does it with, the the sweeps and uh cyclonus yeah it's pretty pretty awesome and this is when you start really noticing the new voices uh yeah. of some very iconic people i mean uh this is orson wells's last movie that he ever did and he did voice work for it uh <laughs> it's still blowing. that's that's an iconic voice we already talked about you know optimus prime obviously it's a very yeah. iconic voice but uh, this also has leonard nimoy again spock himself Another iconic voice and incredibly underrated Robert Stack. I think you're missing one. You're missing a hot superstar at this time. Oh, Eric Idle. You're right. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Judd Nelson. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Judd Nelson's also in this. Himself coming off of St. Elmo's Fire (laughs) to Transformers the movie. The the classics of The Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire. Why not do Transformers the movie? Yeah, why not? But the thing I didn't, I was thinking about this because I don't remember Transformers cartoon after this movie, like what they did. There's no way they're getting those same people to do voices for that. 
Like Spock's uh, not going to continue on doing it. Welker went back to doing when he did Galvatron, and I'm not quite sure who did. Oh, I also Galvatron. love that. Um, and I kind of, uh, I kind of took this when I was. Uh, there was a time period where I was kind of making my own little robot guy, and he had uh, like human facial features, like he'd have a beard and stuff. And I kind of love that the Transformers also sort of do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, they're like, "Hey, guess what?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you just like watch? Oh, because they're on Tubi. So they are still on Tubi because I was looking up. Okay. I wanted to see who 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 was doing I, it's killing me that I don't know. I know Robert Stack wasn't wasn't doing it. Yeah. But I mean what I'm saying is like he had a when people talk about iconic voices, I think his gets underrated. Yeah. Or like he's not brought up very much and he should be because what a voice, man. It it's good too. I like I like the way that he sounds in this. So the yeah. TV series for Hot Rod was Dick Gaither. You know, that I have no idea. Uh, he was in Get Smart. Oh, he was known as the ro- Hyman, the robot in the television series Get Smart. Oh, okay, yeah. I like so, that show. I haven't seen it in a long time. but it, You couldn't really tell the change. Like I listen, like I said, I've watched. Well, they do a pretty good job of trying to do that. And I think as a kid, you just sort of accept it unless it's, a big change because I do remember whenever, for the most part, like the Ninja Turtles voices would be this original ones, but every once in a while for like an episode or two, like Raphael's voice would be done by somebody different. It would just stand out to me, and that's just because I was a, such a giant turtle nerd, you know. Uh, but it's the one other thing. <laughs> Did you ever watch the the 2012 one where like Leonardo gets injured? Yes, they yeah. Take him to the farmhouse, and they they switch it from Jason Briggs to Seth Green as the voices, and they yes, yeah, talk yeah. it up to him being injured. That's why yeah. his voice changed. Which at least they try to do something there. You yeah. know, that's actually an underrated series. It's very good. It's very. But, uh, I wanted to break this. I wanted to bring this up to you, Andrew. Um, I don't want this to be as harsh as it sounds. Oh, what are you gonna say about my movie? Is is this kid worth all this trouble? Who, Daniel? Yes. Uh, he is constantly in need of saving all the time they would have been way better off if they could have been like one point when there was just a little bit of peace like you know what daniel we need you to kind of uh go away somewhere i'm gonna spoil (laughs) alert for season four so daniel becomes very like important season i'm sure i know i'm sure he does i don't remember season season four but but i think it's more or less a thing for spike if you go back and watch season four right at the end right before uh it was never released in the U.S. There's a series called Headmasters. Yeah. I don't know if you remember them where the Autobots, their heads would transform into tiny robots. I do not remember this at okay. all. So there's this thing called Headmasters. So at one point, Daniel becomes paralyzed. And the only way to save him, and this is like in season four, and the only way to save him is RC gives up her head so that Daniel could. I, be, I do remember this, though. Could be like her head. And this is yeah, because the the they do have a connection. You notice, like even in this movie, they're they're sort of connected oh. in a way. So yeah, yeah. so in a mm-hmm. way, I think it's more or less like we don't want to hear it from Spike. Yeah, but there's a lot of things when they were written this movie. Written when they were written this movie, that's how that sentence should be should have been said. Uh, that they were they were kind of fighting against. Like they didn't want to kill Optimus Prime. But they were kind of forced to. There's a lot of the characters that didn't want to kill, and they were sort of forced to. They had to fight to include RC in this, uh, because I because they're just thinking this is the '80s. They're just thinking this is uh, for uh, toys for boys, basically. Yeah, because there was only one 
female there 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 was an episode where there was a bunch of female transformers yeah and really it's robots so why are we even talking about uh, what sex they are at all they're robots for crying out loud but here we are (laughs) but i don't think they ever released any of them like i the only one that i can really remember is alita one and that was like optimus primes like they did like this love interest one Oh yeah, yeah. G one, yeah. and he goes back, and it's like a whole, whole. You know, did like, you think that Hot Rod and RC were kind of having a thing? Yeah, and I think because yeah. you always feel like Bringer and RC are together. Which yeah, Bringer, I don't like him. I love that we're talking he's about this. <laughs> he's a jerk. What? <laughs> it's in the movie though. You can. Like, I know. I love that we're talking about this like it's a soap opera. <laughs> I just feel like Springer is a jerk, or he's jealous of Hot Rod because once again. Yeah. When the city was getting attacked, RC was like, "But Cup and Hot Rod are still out the city." But and yeah, I feel like, I'll, and I feel like, when he had his talk show, he was, most of that stuff was just really a put on. None of these people really hated each other. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> but also, if you remember, there's other Autobots outside of that city other than Cup and Hot Rod. <laughs> yeah, the other funny part. But she's like, Cup and Hot Rod are outside, and he's like, "Ah, don't worry about them." We, we oh, the, when we're talking about voices, the one thing too, um, what's is the character that talks really fast? What's his name? He's an Autobot. Uh, John Miscata Jr. Is that the Micro Machines guy? That is the Micro Machines I knew it. I was like, that's got to be the Micro Machines guy. I think he's, he is the only one that reprised his role from this, from the movie onwards. Yeah. I can't stress to you younger people uh who didn't grow up in the 90s how iconic he was doing those macro machines commercials like they were one of my favorite things to watch when it came to commercials as a kid i always look forward to them because of how fast he could talk and he had a distinct sound to his fast talking you could actually understood understand every word he said despite the fact how fast he talked it's pretty incredible really he was in an infomercial yeah do you yeah. remember that for the reading thing where it was like i can read in my head and then they as a kid i was like this is amazing now as an adult i'm like this guy could just say he was done reading because he's reading in his head yeah well the other guys oh. are reading out loud by the way this movie is so great that out of nowhere there's a freaking weird owl song that's that's probably one of the, like when they split up because like him back into everything uh and galatron finds out because he needs the matrix unicron needs the matrix destroyed so he can take over everything yeah so they send galvatron to earth to go take it they split apart and i think this is where the movie gets fun too is they go who is it the dinobots cup and hot rod or i like to call them the and put them in stranger thing terms the dustin and steve yes of, yes yep <laughs> dustin i like this dustin and steve of transformer of transformers the movie with the Dinobots, they get onto the one planet, and Cup, the hardened, battled man, you know, needs to rely on Hot Rod, and that's such a great one too. Is when they get trapped by the Quintessons, and they're in there, and they finally break away from the Sharkticons. It is, and Hot Rod's backing up. He's like, "I don't think we're gonna win, but we could give them one hell of a damage, Bill." Yeah, and, yes, and then out of nowhere. <laughs> That door comes down, squish, squishes that guy with the tentacle arms, and the Dinobots come in, and you see Slag just lean over and go, "Excuse me," and then they <laughs> wipe everybody out. But that yeah. that part also gives you one of the great lines: "The Ba Weep Ronda Weep Mini Bon." Yeah, yes, that, I remember saying that a lot as a kid. But <laughs> that that's pretty much that part. But then on the junk planet, 
once again, Galvatron tracks down Ultra Magnus. They just blow him apart because thus, yeah. why not? So, so they uh, just a little background when Optimus Prime dies, yes, he needs to pass on the Matrix, aka the leadership of the Autobots, and that's who he gives it to. So, that's why he has the has that. That's why he's been tracked down. And he literally, when you say gets blown apart, he's in like different pieces. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like they, which, which, from the fact that we just saw Optimus Prime just get cut down and he's not in different pieces, but he dies yet somehow this guy can be put back, literally put back together. So and then after all that, who's that? Oh yeah. Cause that was RC Springer, Daniel and Blair were on there with Ultra Magnus. And to add insult to injury after Ultra Magnus did save all of their lives by closing down that little like junk cave. Uh, but the people of the junk planet, the transformers of the junk planet come out and start attacking them. And that's when we get the sweet weird ale song. Yes. And as they're literally dismembering these people, they you're dare trans- to be stupid. <laughs> they are these transformers. They are, they are not fixing themselves, but just transforming and hopping on the other one. Cause they all transform into a, like a motorcycle. So one yeah. guy gets knocked off. He gets transformed into a motorcycle. The other guy transforms into a robot and they cannot go down, even though they're getting their arms ripped off and everything else. <laughs> but then all of a sudden a hot rod and cup and they see this big spirally ship come on. Oh, I forgot to mention wheelie wheelie comes into play on the, on the shark to planet, which he talks in weird rhymes. Like you get ship. If I get trip, like, are you really going to stop? Yeah. Wheelie? Yeah. This movie also basically serves as uh, an introduction or a highlight spotlight for hot rod. That's the reason this movie kind of exists too. On top of that, because at the end giant spoiler alert, obviously you can watch this whole thing on YouTube, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. for free. Uh, don't there's one version where you pay for it. Cause I was like, Andrew, but then you, thankfully you saved me and sent me going where I didn't have to. And that's the one I watched, but uh, the, and it's in really good, by the way, it's in really good. Uh, it's in HD and everything. So it looks great. Uh, I, the hot rod be, does end up becoming the leader actually cause uh, it was all meant for him the whole time. Yes. And he becomes Rodimus prime. And he, yes. Oh, trans- and, he convert- and then he gets a trailer. Cause if you're Which a, is a, great- you get a trailer. Rodimus prime yourself. I, that's like, <laughs> you know, know when there's you know when there's parodies on certain adult websites of stuff. Okay, <laughs> we just lost our PG rating. <laughs> I was very PG in saying that. Thank you very much. But yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, after this part, it goes from like good like pacing, and then they're like, because like you said, it's only an hour twenty five minutes, and then it goes to oh crap. We need to wrap this up in like 15. Yeah, it goes really, it goes really rapid fire. So yeah. like Unicron comes, they all go and they battle Unicron. It's really fast. And, uh, they see Galvatron inside because he has the matrix. And, but then all of a sudden you hear probably the most iconic scene out of that whole entire part is when you, when he uh, hot rod finally grabs the matrix from Galvatron and you hear him go arise Rodimus prime. And he figures out, absolutely how to open up the matrix to light their darkest hour to destroy unicron and then he explodes all over space and it's headed yeah, yeah. It's- again it's adult website and explodes all over <laughs> rodham's prime yeah uh, uh yeah you're right though it's this is just a really fun movie overall despite the fact that i have some issues with it and those issues mainly being you killed off my favorite character in the first 25 minutes of this thing it's just 
but it's still very fun. It is. That's the thing X Men Three did wrong. Yeah, uh, if you're going to kill off one of my favorite characters, at least have the decency to be fun after that. <laughs> it just goes so quick. Like that's it, that's what helps it too is that it just keeps going and going and going, and there's not really very many uh, pieces of uh, of brevity in this at all. No, it just keeps going and going and going and going. They, it's if this happens like in over a span of like a day or two. This is like a rough day because once they feel like yes. they can relax, like there's somebody coming after. Yeah. And either they know the person, they don't know the person, they don't know what's going on. Starscream, we do Starscream. They don't, they, they don't even, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about Starscream's death. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, Galvatron, uh, his first order of business is I'm going to, you know, which made sense. It didn't make sense, but. Starscream had decided he was, of course, because if you've watched the cartoons, he's always kind of been sort of trying to needle his way into there, into leadership. It's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be the leader, but he was always second in command. And uh, the first thing he's wearing that crown, it's a very, I think it's also probably this, for me, the second most iconic thing that happens in this movie is when he not only gets killed by Galvatron, he basically melts away. <laughs> yeah. He- and he does it in such Starscream fashion, the way he becomes leader. Like he's got a crown, he's got yeah. a bond, and then that's what I'm talking about. Once again, another great line. This is the coronation Starscream. I call it bad comedy. <laughs> in a sweet Leonard Nimoy voice, not mine. Just go with that. But the way that he just like, like nobody dies exactly the same way. Yeah, because they're, all, they're all. I mean, Optimus Prime literally loses color. <laughs> yeah. And his probably is the most like most painful, not because of the uh like the connection as a kid or anything, like as kids would have with Optimus Prime, but it takes a while. Like his eyes blink out. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden it fades the color and then his head just turns to the side. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's it's very like like a, a really dark episode of ER or something. <laughs> yes. Because he's even like he's even on a a machine that's obviously meant to be like uh, the thing of uh, life support for people in a hospital and showing their heart rates and stuff like that. Like he even has something like that connected to him and it goes beep, beep, boo, music in that where it's like very, like, yeah, like very, but this movie moves so fast that they really don't get a long time to kind of grieve this because he was such a major part of the Autobots, obviously, but they didn't get very long to grieve it before the next thing's already happened and they got to get out of there. That was the nice part though. It, it was, it was crappy for the characters. I know it's a movie and yeah, well, it's a movie. And I know. And I know he was dying and I would never question Optimus Prime's decisions, but uh, he obviously got that wrong. Right. Who he gave that to because it wasn't who it was meant for. Yeah. But I think he knew that in a way. I think he was already, he was a little mad at hot rod uh, because, because, you know, hot rod kind of screwed up there because there was like a, Cause there is a part like when he drops it, yeah, and how Rod picks it, Rod caps, it up, captures it, yeah, and then the ground. I think there was a little bit trying to like foreshadow for adults, and then Hot Rod gives it to Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus puts it into his chest, and like it doesn't fit right, so he takes it out, then he puts it back in, and then all of a sudden it fits. Yeah, but so this movie that, is just iconic eighties uh, uh, animation. Like it's yeah. iconic. Everything about it screams eighties. Uh, the animation is above board i would say for 80s the oh. music is most certainly 80s you can catch the soundtrack on spotify which i listen to on a daily basis 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they even take the the iconic Transformers theme and eighties rock it up. <laughs> so, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's got to be the best toy line movie in my in my mind. I think it's better than GI Joe the movie. I think it's better than Masters. Way better than Masters of the Universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the only they... one. Okay. The, only one that I think is like a step below it, and please do not make fun of me for this, is I am a sucker for the Care Bear movies. I watched them as a kid too. I can't okay. knock you for it. Yeah. Okay. I am a sucker for the Care Bear movies. Yeah. And those are really, really made to sell those bears. So, yeah. Because they didn't actually, for the Turtles movies, the only one that got a toy line was the third one, if I remember correctly. So they didn't even really do anything for that at the time when I those movies were coming the- out. This has more of a connection. I feel like this to me has more of a connection to me than the Ninja Turtles movie. But the Ninja Turtle movie is up there. The original Ninja Turtle. I can't say that because obviously I'm such a turtle nerd. It's the other way around for me. But I did love this movie. And it definitely stood out to me because obviously because uh, my favorite character bites the dust in this thing. That's a tear episode right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, this is... Like, where would you rate this character death? I mean, there's a lot of them in this movie, but obviously I'm talking about Optimus Prime and the, like, just ranking that in deaths of pop culture characters. He's got to be up there. I mean, I'd put Spock up there. I'd put him up there. This is number one for me. Like, this one. I'd put Spock one in in Wrath of Khan and then this two. This sounds horrible. So this was like my number one death in the in the history of my life. Yeah. Until I was old enough to it, it that sounds horrible. But until I know I was what you're old saying. Yeah. To realize like family members were dying. When you're younger, when you're younger, when you're yeah. a kid, like yeah, I, it's you just thankfully I a lot a of, of us don't experience that very. I much. had a bunch of grandparents that died like when I was like two or three. So yeah, it, that, but not until like my one grandma passed away, and then like my mother. Uh, my uncle and like my father, like yeah. Optimus Prime's death was like, holy shit! Like, see, we, it's the same thing my, for me. There we go. See, I just spiked it up for you guys. You did. Oh, great! Goodness <laughs> gracious, this is a going to get an explicit rating now, and it wasn't my fault for once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, I was in a similar boat as a kid. I'm. I've had. A, I've been very fortunate that although all my grandparents are now gone, I I was an adult before that happened. So I I got to spend a lot of time with them, thankfully. But this was probably one of the first deaths, I would say, affected me as a kid. Besides my cousin uh, would be this one. And it's just pretty, pretty wild because he's just, uh, you know, when you're we love these franchises and I know it may sound silly to somebody just looking in on it, but they kind of become a part of you in a way. And Optimus Prime was most certainly a part of me. It, it it really does and this is like my introduction into into death in in a in in a yeah. weird in a weird yeah. way like i've uh if you know my my genre of children's movies is very extensive <laughs> yeah robocop robocop's yeah. a great kids movie <laughs> i will die on that hill uh <laughs> but those have a lot of death but it's not a connection to anything like this this is optimus prime you already know optimus prime from like two seasons of a cartoon and the toys you've already connected to him 
when this and, happens. And he's not like any other he's not like any other character either. And his death means something here. Yeah. yeah. Like that's something I think a lot of shows need to really look at when you're like if you're going to have a death of a character that you know means a lot to a lot of people, you need to make sure that that death is for a reason that it makes sense. Cough, cough, Luke Skywalker. Why did you do that to Luke Skywalker? Cough, cough. Just about to say that. I was just about to say what they did to Luke was like, yeah, like horrible. And what they did to Luke was basically uh, them like just kicking Johnny right in the me right in the testicles. What they did to they treated Luke in connection with this movie like they did like to Ironhide and like. Yes, wow. the lesser yes. known guys. They were like, yes. "Hey, he's gone now. Bye. Okay, no yeah. more Luke Skywalker." Yeah. Da, da, da. You know the standing <laughs> Star Wars thing, yes. and there it is. With, yeah. They should have gave him that Optimus Prime death. The, the, yes, going to do everything possible. Like he should have been on that planet, just like that, Prime- yeah. I literally <laughs> said this when uh, on my Star Wars podcast, the airing of grievances. Check that out. Uh, the episode's going to come out soon. We actually reviewed episode eight, oh, and uh, I the one thing I said I can fix this movie easily in two ways. First way, cut out half an hour of this movie. Yeah. That just cut out half an hour. Second way, just have Luke actually be there on that planet fighting Kylo Ren. He could still die that way, and he should still die that way. Kylo Ren should still kill him because not only do you elevate Kylo Ren. Uh, Luke's death means something because he's sacrificing and all this connections. Obi Wan, uh, Obi Wan's death, boom. Yeah, it could have been in that same vein. And yeah, you could have get people saying, "Oh, you're copying it," but it's that battle death. It's the fact that Optimus Prime was there. He went there, and he knew he was the only one that could step in. Yeah, and like Cup, like Cup said, change the tide of what was going on. And yeah, he was the yeah. only one man that could do it because obviously he knew it because he only brought the Dinobots, Springer, or not Springer, Hound and Sunstreaker. Yeah. So, and you don't even see Hound and Sunstreaker. <laughs> I just love how they're. Yeah, just, they're just gone. Um, they just show up for that one part jumping out of the plane <laughs> or that giant ship and then they're just gone. But that, who's flying their ship afterwards, by the way? <laughs> they land it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they do. They, yeah. They, like, yeah. He, he lands it. He Because I'm just thinking about the Dinobots jumping out of it. That's all yeah, I'm thinking about. Yeah. But that is like that is the ultimate way of like death. Like he sacrificed himself and he could have he could have destroyed Megatron, but he didn't take that chance because Hot Rod was in the way. Yeah. And yes. He did he's pretty much sacrificed himself, but he got in the final hit to take him down. And that that's like a warrior's death in a way. Like he yeah. what he yes. was doing and he was the ultimate leader. Like when you watch toys that made it like peter Collins said his brother told him said when you go in there don't be don't be the average hero that goes in there and starts kicking butt you know have that compassion be the one that speaks softly and you you gotta have these characters that you know people have a connection to like if their death doesn't bring any sort of emotion to you then they've done it wrong yeah. Uh, you know, that's how I felt with Luke. Like I Luke is literally my favorite Star Wars character. I'm not even just saying that. He's my favorite Star Wars character. And it, I felt nothing. I was more mad than anything when he died. I wasn't even sad about it. I was just mad. Actually, my first thought was is he dead? Yeah. <laughs> that was my first he, thought. Didn't, he didn't yeah. do a warrior's thing. And that's and, and just compare that to not only Optimus Prime's death here, 
but like just the uh, you know Spock's death and Wrath of Khan sacrifice. That's how you freaking do it. <laughs> it's got to be. It, it's got to be that person. Well, Spock did go with the Vulcan way. The needs yeah. of the many outweigh many the, outweigh the needs of the few. few. Yes. So he knew he and that's and that things. again is why I can watch this Optimus Prime scene. I can watch that Spock scene a hundred times. And out of a hundred times, guess how many times it hits me? A hundred times. Oh yeah. But Luke, it's like, oh, yeah, he's done. Yeah, and Luke should, and that one should have affected me, especially how connected I am to that character as well. Like, I don't understand how he can do. I mean, this is a whole diatribe on the side here. Yeah, Uh, how you can like get Han's death so much better than you can get Luke's death. Just like, man, that's whatever. But uh, yeah, and the savior. But let's do uh, let's do who who would we play? Okay, yeah. Who do you think you would play? Oh, I would want to be. I'm I'm torn, so I'm gonna pick two because I'm just that type of guy. <laughs> uh, I'm going with like Ultra Magnus and Cup because that's I've noticed that's how a lot of people kind of see me as, especially like an Ultra Magnus when he's like I'm just a soldier. Like I do this at work now because some people like ask me questions and <laughs> want me to step up, and I'm like no. I, I, yeah. I, I, I know my limits. I know where I'm at, but then I'm like that silent underlying leader guy in a way. So that's why I would go with Ultra Magnus or Cup because I tell a lot of like stories too. So that's why yeah. I, I think I'd, I think I'd be Grimlock. So I uh, oh see if I had to pick somebody if I was like okay I'm casting this who who am I going to put Johnny Townsend as? Your Rekar. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're Rekar because I just think that you'd be able to talk TV as the as the Rekar. Yeah, so wonderful. Yeah, I do know I do reference stuff very well. That's that's uh, the one thing, and it's Eric Idle, so I'm not ever going to be mad about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, man, I really enjoyed this movie. I'm already I already have a feeling I know what your score is going to be out of this. But what are we scoring this out of? Oh man, what should we? Uh, Matrix because of leadership. Oh man, I want to be like you got the touches. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many out of five you got the touches do you give this? It's five you got the touches. I knew you was going to, yeah. It's five I out even... of five every single time. This yeah. movie is just it's so dynamic in every way. And but... it knows not to outstay its welcome, too. Again, yeah. I know we talk about this all the time, but this, this movie was two hours. It's been way too long. If you are not born in like the probably mid to late, 70s to early 80s i you don't get this movie yeah and it's easily that type of thing it's just a movie but the impact that it had on that small i think it's called like exennial generation yeah yeah or even a little bit of gen x a little bit more into the millennial type thing but the impact that it had it's five out of five it's everything you wanted yeah, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a four, four and a half out of five, running there, purely because I understand his death meant a lot, and I'm glad that his death actually meant a lot. But it was so early in the movie oh, that it just was a big bummer for me. <laughs> so, uh, that's all the reason. But everything else about this movie is fantastic. I mean, it's got weird Al in the, you know, it's got everything you want: robots, transformers, weird Al Yankovic. This movie has all. <laughs> there you go. You can't say more than just that. It is. Yeah. This movie's got everything uh, you could ever 
ever wish for. And watching these cartoons, I kept thinking, because I don't absolutely hate those Michael Bay Transformer movies. I think they're fun in aspects of them, but I really, really dislike the design of the of the Autobots and the Decepticons in those movies because they're overcomplicated to the point where like I get lost looking at them. Uh, there's so many little details, and that's the reason why they work so well in the cartoon. Is yeah, for a cartoon, these characters are really detailed, but I can tell that Optimus Prime is going to be a truck when he transforms. You know, I can tell that stuff. Uh, so that's that's one thing I wish they'd really like. There's this scene in Have you seen the Bumblebee movie? Yes, the Bumblebee movie. That's the one. That's the one I really like. That one I think is really good. I don't even think that was a Michael Bay. I think it's not. Is- it's not. It's not, but it's in the same universe as that. And the reason I'm bringing it up is it's there's a whole scene where you actually get to see your G1 generation Transformers as like in quote unquote uh, real life, whatever you want to say. And they look great. So why didn't they do that for, for those movies? I don't know. Because it- well, Michael Bay has this thing where he'll take a franchise that you love and again, I don't hate Michael Bay, but he'll take a franchise that you love and he just overcomplicates the designs of them. I don't know why he does. He did the same with the Turtles. I don't know why he does that. It's just so weird to me. Like, uh, uh, I know you need to make them look a little different for the movies. I get that and I accept that. But uh, sometimes less is more, my friend. <laughs> yeah, because I think the new one is like kind of the sequel. To- yeah, because there's a new one coming out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even stays. And those movies are also like over two hours long, all of them. Yeah, two and an the, hour, two and two and a half hours long, which is too long. It seems like it's more explosion than action. Yeah, yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, this one's action packed. This one's yeah. This one from the beginning to the end is it just moves so fast that I think it just gets in its own way of how fast it's moving sometimes. <laughs> but but I appreciate that. Thank you for only being an hour under an hour and a half really yes. long. We, you've you've hit the nostalgia funhouse time limit right on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you notice, most of the movies we like to review for the show hit about that mark. We try to go. We get super excited when anything is an hour and a half. I saw the time for this movie, and I'm not even kidding. I was like, how long is this movie? All right. (laughs) And I didn't even realize how short it was until I looked at it. I'm like, really? It's always seemed like so much longer as a kid. Yeah. To stay here for like yeah, unless your head. name is Lord of the Rings, I don't need you to be three hours long. I'm sorry. Those Marvel movies are getting ridiculous with that. Yeah, and I love Marvel movies, but they're yeah, they're doing the same thing. Like uh you cut it out, please. But I uh, the rumor going around is that next John Wick movie is gonna be three hours long. Jeez, I heard that. I'm not yeah, not too happy. We don't need I'm not that. either, and I like John Wick, but uh that's a bit too much. But yeah, so we're both saying uh, if you haven't seen this movie, go check it out on YouTube. Give it a chance. Uh, you might like it. Uh, we do. And if you need back reference, just watch seasons one and two on Tubi TV. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go check it all out. This is a, I was really happy to do this episode just because we both love Transformers, especially yeah. G1 Transformers. I, I needed, I needed kind of a redemption. I did it on the old name of the show uh, with people that were younger to me than me. And at first I was like, they weren't like getting it and then i realized this is like a generational movie you got to fit within a generation yeah and i know we we do have people younger than us who follow us on their social medias uh if you've seen this movie and you're younger than us i'm 40 and i know uh, andrew's we're the same age aren't we we're yeah. close to it yeah. uh we're so if you're 
younger than us and you've seen this movie, what did you think of it? I'm very curious about that. I, I that's yeah, I'm very curious. So shoot us a message. You can do that uh through Facebook, Instagram, and you know, check out those two as well. If you don't follow or like us on Facebook or Instagram, do that as well. We're also do let's plays and videos on YouTube, so check us out there. And if you want to hear more funny skits of me and Johnny just messing around, that's exclusively on our Patreon as well. Yes. Yes. Soon we hope to be able to afford things like uh, the ghost of Mr. Chicken. So please go do that. Yeah, that's cool. We got how we have not made a T-shirt about this. I don't know. (laughs) It's our running gag that we can't afford the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Uh, yeah, so go uh, go check that out. Support us if you would like to. For only a dollar, uh, that would be really great. We would very much appreciate it. Heck, just listen to us. We appreciate it. If you want to uh, take like two minutes and leave us a review wherever you listen to this show, that helps us a ton as well. Uh, we we appreciate all of you who listen. Uh, it it really means a lot. And uh, again, it's the Nostalgia Funhouse on Facebook and, and on Instagram. Go check those out. And also on Instagram, a, a brand new account oh, yeah. we, like, we like to talk about. And uh, it's it's taking the world by st- by storm, as we all know. Uh, I, and I obviously have nothing to do with it, but it's called uh, the Amazing History with Harold Peebles. So check that out on Instagram. Uh, Harold Peebles is a highly respected and totally not made up historian. Uh, he almost graduated from an online version of what some would consider Oxford. Wow. So if you want to, so if you want to check him out, he's really smart. He'll post different things about, uh, like he did some little fun historical facts about George Washington, uh, you know, about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, about Valentine's Day. Like he just goes all across of history, just telling you some really interesting tidbits about that. As only a historian of his status could do. Oof. I know I've checked it out and it is absolutely amazing. I've learned so much, just so much. So much. And, and and one last shield here. We do plan to. I know we keep saying we're going to do it. We are going to do it. We're going to start doing some uh, live videos very, very soon. Maybe even as soon as next week, Andrew. I meant to tell you actually about that sooner. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll spring it on you now. Like so maybe next week sometime. So if you just follow us on Facebook and I'm think, I think we'll end up putting it on our YouTube page as well. Yeah. So just uh, make sure you check that out. We're going to have some fun. We we enjoy talking about this old stuff because uh, we're old men ourselves. Yes, and we don't like anything new. That's right. <laughs> but I think that's it. So until all are one. Yeah, you remember out there, you've got the touch and you've got the power andrew uh, i you told me that you were just just scrolling through instagram and you were just getting really bored i you know what i was it's just that simple scrolling didn't really have anything to do so just scroll 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 all the way through and then i don't know something just hit me that i just want to know more interesting interesting facts about history in world history and history in America, but I just don't know where to find fun, interesting facts about it. Andrew, you are in such luck because I just discovered this new Instagram page and it what? is called The Amazing History with Harold. So make sure you go check that out on Instagram. Uh, this guy, Harold Peebles, is like a historian, apparently, and he will 
post uh, just these great, he'll take one thing, like the first one that he did was about George Washington, and he'll just tell you all these amazing, obviously, completely true, not made up whatsoever for comedic purposes, facts about these different things in history, uh, American history, or just a, hist- a world history, pop culture history. Oh, man, it's a fun follow, Andrew, so I encourage you to go to The Amazing History with Harold. Check it out wherever you get your Instagrams. That is so awesome. Now I can learn fun, interesting facts while scrolling through Instagram. I can't thank you enough, Johnny. You're welcome. And make sure what you tell your friends about this, and you'll be the smartest kid at the ball when you bring up these amazing facts about our history.